I'm Marianne Kolbesek McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with John Delano, Regional CISO at Advent Health and a healthcare security strategist at cybersecurity firm Critical Insight. So, John, I understand that Critical Insight's recent study air data breaches for the first half of 2021 identified a number of worrisome trends. We know that ransomware attacks have been soaring, as well as incidents involving vendors. What did the research find, and what were some of the other key findings? So Critical Insights now on their third iteration of this breach report, and so we've got some data to compare. And to no one's surprise, we continue to see the overall trend is upward, and and that's certainly not going to surprise anyone. But some of the findings in the first half of 2021, you know, we're, we're seeing an expansion of targets in the healthcare ecosystem. So, so not just big healthcare systems or hospitals, but we're seeing a lot more breaches reported in outpatient facilities, and and then even more troubling, I think, for for healthcare is that the majority of these involve some kind of business associate or third party. 43% of, of those breaches are, were a result of, of a business associate. So, so that's certainly a, a troubling trend as well. So John, you mentioned that business associates and other vendors have been implicated in many serious health data breaches lately that we've been seeing. Vendors have also been implicated in breaches that we see in other sectors. Any advice to other CISOs on getting a better handle on the security risks posed by their third party and supply chain vendors? It certainly takes a lot of time and effort to not only extend your security posture beyond taking care of your own four walls, but but then when you have to look at the hundreds or even thousands of, of vendors and third party supply chain type folks that that have access to your data, you know, it can certainly be overwhelming. And my advice is that you have to make it a priority. You know, certainly a place to start is to categorize your data and understand who, who has access to that most important data and, and start there. You certainly don't have to look at, at every business associate, but start with the ones that have access to the most critical data and ensure that that they are taking appropriate ste- uh, steps to, to meet the security requirements and secure that data if it leaves your premises. You know, secondly, I tell folks that they they really need to partner with an organization or or a security company that that can help you with detection and response. It's hard for organizations to have a a 24-7 approach to security because people have to sleep, they have to go home, they, they have to take time off. And and having a a company that can do detection and response and and certainly be looking at and monitoring your your environment on a 24 by 7 basis is almost a necessity these days. So John, as we mentioned earlier, we are seeing a lot of ransomware attacks on the healthcare sector. Some of these attacks involve encrypting systems and data, as we've seen before, but others are also involving the exfiltration of patient data. What are some of the key security weaknesses that you think are making so many healthcare sector entities vulnerable to these sorts of attacks? 
Well, certainly in healthcare, we have a large number of legacy solutions, and that poses challenges for healthcare. So we're using a lot of outdated operating systems and software that like Microsoft is, is no longer providing patches for. And so that, that becomes part of the challenge as we are incorporating more and more data to take care of the patient. Uh, we have a number of devices or, you know, I guess the most popular term is the internet of things, but we have more and more medical equipment that is needing to be connected to the production network to provide data back to the electronic medical record for patient care. And those devices haven't necessarily been developed with security in mind. And so these things certainly contribute to the complexity of of trying to secure the environment. And then couple that with a pandemic where we are rolling out technology in rapid fashion to, to try to meet the demand of patient care, such as telemedicine type solutions. And so there's a lot coming at the healthcare security teams at the moment. Are there certain areas of healthcare where you think the sector overall can do a better job, you know, whether it's access or authentication? Are there certain areas that are also leaving these systems vulnerable? I would go back to our earlier conversation about detection and response. There's certainly more devices that are connected. There's more need for folks to access data. And so being able to to be proactive, monitoring that traffic, ensuring that, that you've got a pulse on what's happening on your network and being able to respond when and if something doesn't look right is important. You know, security is always a layered approach. And so the, the more layers that you can put on and provide, the better off you are. But, but certainly starting there, I think, is, is a good place to start. So, John, as a healthcare CISA, what are some of the top security challenges that you're dealing with right now, including as the pandemic persists? You know, would be reminisc not to mention the fact that now we have organized crime and nation state actors that are getting into into the mix. So it used to be that that we had to worry about script kitties and, and other folks that were out there messing around. But now as you look at the black market, the price of a credit card number on the black market is typically a dollar or two. And if you look at the price of a uh, medical record on the black market, cyber criminals can get sometimes three to $400 per medical record. So there's a lot more value and a lot more reason for folks to start targeting healthcare. And if you look at some of the reasons for that, not only do they have the medical information, but inside your medical information are things like social security numbers, credit card numbers for payment, insurance information, and that's a a very target-rich environment for cyber criminals. And John, going back to incident response for a moment, are there any top mistakes that you see healthcare sector entities making in terms of being prepared for these ransomware attacks and being able to recover quickly, either through backups or without having to pay a ransom? Are there certain common areas that are becoming obstacles for healthcare sector entities to recover quickly from these sorts of ransomware attacks? My saying is that security folks have to be right all the time and cyber criminals only have to be right once. And so diligence is key when it comes to 
to what we're doing. And it's very difficult in healthcare because our mission is to provide patient care. And anything that we do that that slows the process of patient care is very difficult. And, and certainly adding layers of security to these applications and to these tools that our healthcare providers use to take care of patients slows down the process. And so it's a fine balance between locking things down and securing them, but still allowing them to be usable by our caregivers to take care of patients. And, and I think that's what makes it hard. And so certainly tools like multi-factor authentication add additional protection, but they take additional time. And so looking at technologies that, that allow us to implement those security layers without slowing down patient care are, are critical, but they're, they're costly and time-consuming to implement as well. So uh, again, find balance between security and ease of use. And when it comes to ransomware incidents, we also see sometimes delays in entities reporting these incidents as health data breaches. You know, they're kind of uncertain about if data was encrypted or was it exfiltrated? What was exfiltrated? Any guidance that you can offer to healthcare entities that are sort of grappling with whether or not some of these ransomware incidents that they're experiencing qualify as data breaches? So the current requirement is breach of 500 records or more. And, you know, certainly you don't want to be on the wall of shame if if you did have a breach uh, because those breaches get posted to HHS's website and organizations want to make sure they do the diligence to ensure that, you know, that, that they have to report or don't need to report. And I, I know personally, I had a situation where we had a device that was compromised and had around 2,000 patient records on it. And ultimately, we did some forensics to determine that uh, only 10 of those records had been potentially compromised or viewed. And so we were able to avoid reporting that and just notifying those those 10 patients about the potential breach. So there's the ability, you certainly need to have the capabilities to do those forensics and and be able to dig in and and retrace what the hackers did, what they looked at, what they touched, any, any records that may have been modified. And that's where if you don't have that capability internally, you want to make sure that as part of your cyber insurance or you're partnered with the vendor that can help you do that when you have those issues arise. And finally, John, as we look to the remainder of 2021 and into 2022, what's on the top of your security priority and projects list looking forward? We continue to have to maintain diligence in in all areas. Again, based on the breach report and and what we're seeing, I, I think Top of the list has to be assessing your third-party risk and getting a handle around your business associates to make sure that those areas are covered. Internally, something that you can do is just practice good cyber hygiene. And typically those things don't cost a lot of money. Those are those are things like making sure that you are expiring passwords, re- requiring complex passwords, maintaining diligence on patching your systems. And then 
again, to, to kind of tie it all together, I would say look at ransomware prevention and response. So that managed detection, someone that's helping you monitor your network on a 24 by 7 basis, and then ultimately helping you to plan and respond when you do have an incident. Thank you, John. I've been speaking to CISO John Delano. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for joining us.